0: welcome to the at episode 43 of the and you're asking yourself what is 43 i'm just this is the first episode that i'm seeing you really promo on twitter you made a nice uh graphic a card you clearly have some free like pixlr account ken what's going on 42 episodes of this exist on my patreon page and where have you been where the fuck have you been if you haven't been supporting me on Patreon, probably with better things to do with your life. But just letting you know, I finally decided, you know, I wanted to get this show out into the public. A uh, lot to get, get into about that. I have a, I have a good friend, uh, Johnny M, really good guy. I think the only problem is he decides he has, is just steadfast in his decision to to live in Long Island. It says something about kids, but I don't know about that. He, I, I was telling him, hey, should when I go public with this show, which sounds like I'm offered stock options. Should I tell people what's gone on? Like, I, ha- I didn't die when Collider laid me off the first time and the second time. I didn't die. I-, I still get some of those comments on YouTube. Hey, where you been? Right here. Should I go into that? And he said, you know what? Here's my thought. I'm not really doing his voice justice, but he, he does sound like a mob, vo- mob boss in the back of an Italian restaurant. And he said, "I just, you know, we don't, we don't always need the prequel of how we got here. So I'm here. I'm here. I don't have a tremendously positive body, self-body image. It's not a negative one. I'll call myself a fat fuck, but that's only, it's a term of endearment for myself. Uh, it's it's not really for you to say, don't you call me that. I've, I, I've, I've distanced myself from some old like schmoes, fans and stuff who, who feels though they have the right to comment. You don't have the right to comment on anyone's weight. Uh, privately in a text thread, sure. Knock yourself out. Uh, knock yourself out. That pit boss guys uh, getting a little chunky. That's fine. That's fine. But I, I have a, I have a, uh, an interesting body image issue where I, I look in the mirror and I'm not completely dissatisfied. I don't hate myself. In fact, if you, any of you out there listening were to get the chance, and I do mean the chance to see me shirtless, um, maybe even in some, uh, you know, swim trunks which there's nothing sexy about the word swim trunks. But if you were, if you were to get that chance, maybe at a, like a, you know, hot tubbing, I don't know when when we're going to be hot tubbing together, but maybe we are, you would be, you would say this, oh, you know, I, I, I thought he'd be more out of shape. That's the best thing I can say about my bill. I hit the gym often, but I also eat often and a lot and, and food. I know I shouldn't eat. I've just been just getting some medical treatments on my back. And went to see an acupuncturist, which is uh, interesting. I've always wanted to do it. It's a big part of the ASMR community for you ASMR nuts out there. Uh, you know, some good chiropractor, but then slash slash acupuncture videos. And I went, I bled. Not a lot. Am I, am I a hero? Maybe a little bit. Uh, but uh, she was like, do you have any like a lot of heartburn? Well, yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't? It's America 2023 now. Uh, it's just that you kind of burp a lot of like, and proud of it. Oh, that's apparently something a little wrong with my innards. So I'm trying to be better about that. All this to say, all this to say, when I am naked in the shower, it's not a thrill for me, but I don't run screaming, but I want to improve and eating is because I love working out. Actually, it's a Zen thing for me, lifting weights. Would you find me more attractive if I said pump and iron? I don't know. I don't mind all that. I love all that. But it's eating. And I don't want to deny myself that. If you out there listening, to, you know, if you're fine with where you're at, be fine with where you're at. Be fine with where you're at. Don't let anyone knock you off that pedestal. If you're a little lighter, a little heavier versus, you know, compared to some standard that we don't know live your life. I am constantly not happy. I'm almost happy. I'm almost happy with my bill one of the things I'm trying to get better at, it's the impulse eating. I can control myself at home. I can control myself a little bit at restaurants more than I used to. But it's those moments when and I had this the other day. Oh, it was great. And and look, I'll I'll make a lot of, um, if you've listened to me long enough, and thank God to the 109 of you that have. You know, I make my references to 7-Eleven. I make my references to Del Taco. I don't have the problem uh, with those ones. I, I can I can pass a Del Taco 50 times. It's the 51st time. I'm like, it's. we're either really depressed or really happy. That's what brings me to Del Taco. Bottom barrel depression or dancing above the clouds. Both times lead to my brain going, nine tacos. Let's go to Del Taco. 7-Eleven, all the jokes. People always, I, I love... I, I, I don't. I don't want to get grumpy at people, but I kind of always love the you know the connection with me and Seven Eleven. It's prevalent because I've talked a lot about gas station sandwiches, which I love. I've talked a lot about the Seven Eleven coffee, but everyone always thinks ah, you like them big bites in Seven Eleven. I've never had a big bite there, sport. And I've said that a few times, but I get it all the time. How many big bites a day there, slugger? None, fuckface. None. Back off. I go to 7-Eleven for coffee, gum occasionally sour patch kids and unhealthy drinks like the sport drinks that probably slowly kill you. But the one I can't turn away away from, and it it, it brings me, it's such a lesson in temporary joy. And as we start a new year here, it is important to maybe move, you know, towards your goals, resolutions, whatever you want to do. Be a better you. The start of the year is, is where you want to begin with that. It's those goddamn golden arches. I could, you know, I could pass Wendy's. Do you guys have a Wendy's where you're at? They got their burgers are square. That's an oddity. I can pass it by. Burger King. Burger King is solid. The Whopper is this old guy. I used to know my my church growing up. used to call them Whopper burgers. He walked in. uh, We were painting. We were moving into our new house in 1995. I had a ponytail. And he comes up to my mom and says, It's okay. My mom says, What? Now, my mom, you know, overprotective to, to a fault at times, whatever, I wants to make sure I, I live. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'll give her a lot of credit for this moment. This is the 95. I have grown hair. I was, gonna, I was becoming a rock DJ and, and had a kind of a thicker beard. And I think, by, but then I trimmed my beard up a little bit after I grew, the one I grew up after high school. But my hair was down to like my belt. And I had a ponytail. I was painting in my room. And this old codger comes in. He probably saved some of us in World War II. I don't know. I'm not here to totally point fingers at him. But he was from a different time, different era. And he comes and he pulls my mom aside and he says, uh, we've been there. Me, and my, my wife, and I. He probably, who, who am I Can He probably said the wife and I. We've been there. My mom says, well, been there what? What's going on? I, I saw your son. I saw your son. Oh, okay. What do you mean? Well, with the long hair. We, we've been there. Our son went through that phase too. With the same force and equivalency as if they were like, uh, you know, we, we know our son was yanking other men's puds in college. We've been there. It was just my hair. Just my hair. And my mom said, oh, well, I love the hair. In fact, sometimes I even, uh, uh, my daughter and I, uh, we, we like braid it and put it into like f- fun kind of like hairstyles. His mouth hit the floor. Uh, faster than Nixon's political re- career in 72, three, 72, 74, 72, 72, 74. I'm not a crook. 74 Ford Reelection. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, you guys know. So this guy felt guilty and he walked, he walked in he walked into my, the room I was painting. Not very good. Not a good painter. I lose patience. It's not that I couldn't be a good house painter. I think there's some, it's a fun thing. I, I get it, but I, I just, uh, it, it's, I, after three, four strokes, I lose patience, which happens in other areas in life too. And he comes in, he, he says, hey, uh, I'm going to head to the Burger King. You got to add the done in front of it. I'm going to head to the Burger King and I'm, uh, I'm going to get a Whopper burger. You want a Whopper burger? It was just hilarious. and never The, the guy probably died three years later and, and I'll never, I didn't get invited to the funeral, but if I did, It would have been like, he called them Whopper Burgers. So Burger King doesn't pull me in. Jack in the Box can pull me in. Jack in the Box used to pull me in. Jack in the Box surprisingly more regional than you'd think. Not a lot of people know them on the East Coast, maybe Midwest. I don't know. The Mississippi, the mighty Mississippi is the dividing line for a lot of things. Like radio stations with W's versus K's, Hardee's, Carl's Jr., uh, all those kind of things. Uh, Mark McGuire, no steroids. Mark McGuire, steroids. The mighty Mississippi is the one. Um, so Jack the Box, I, I, I now more than ever can pass it. I used to get jumbo jacks were very hard for me to turn, uh, turn away from. There was the best value in, in in fast food as I used to call them. For they used to be like a buck sixty nine. Giggity is what I would say to the drive through person. They didn't. They wouldn't laugh. They probably. Heard it several times that day. But, uh, man, the burger was good. But then, I don't know, the buns, just nationally, the buns for Jack in the Box got a little more dry. But those goddamn golden arches. And there's some sick joy I get out of, it's temporary, of of seeing the the arches. Seeing them come up, approaching it, they're coming towards me. And that little voice goes off in your head. Well, you are hungry. All you got to do is pull in. They got it down to a science. Number two, large, get a water, you'll feel good. That's what started to change for me. McDonald's used to, like a lot of the world, it used to upset my stomach. Uh, And it used to, you know, upset my stomach in my youth, which is an accomplishment. You know, all of our stomachs in our youths, uh, when we're youths, uh, can take a beating uh, for the most part. but McDonald's is no such thing. But I, I, the key was to finally turn away from soda. I generally turn away from soda anyways. I'll have one every now and then. But um, not like that freak Mark Ellis who has. Did you see that post he put up during the holidays? He has one Coca-Cola. And I think he calls it Coca-Cola like he's from Virginia. He has one Coca-Cola a year at Christmas at his brother's house. And I thought about it. said, that can't be true. But I ha- I average three meals with him a month. If we're on the road doing comedy, more. And I, I did the math. That son of a gun. i He never had a Coca-Cola in front of me. So he has one Coca-Cola a year like some disciplined freak. But I pulled it out. I've stopped. Uh, I, I, I pulled sodas out of my life. And that helped McDonald's. Once they started going to Dasani, which is its own kind of problem, right? It's salt water, basically. Once he went there, it unlocked McDonald's for me. And I can't, I can't turn away. It can't turn away, and that's what, it's this big lesson. I don't want to turn McDonald's into a lesson. The blathering is not always about a lesson. It's some, I sometimes get very serious. I sometimes get very angry. Sometimes I do. So buckle in for that. But you hear that voice. You hear the voice saying, oh, you need is a, and I don't even need a Big Mac. I don't need a quarter pounder. I can say no to chicken nuggets till the cows come home because they're definitely not any of the food there. It is the double cheeseburger special. And I'll tell you why. I have this thing with food and, and 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 let's unlock some of the reasons why. If you were to uh hand me a bag of McDonald's and a large fry, by the way, don't say fries. What are you, a weirdo? Had a large fry, bottle water. And then one hamburger, I don't care if it was a, it was a quarter pounder, uh, filet of fish, I'll even eat, eat filet of fishes, Big Macs, McRibs, limited time, whatever. One of them, I feel cheated. And and that's that's where I think a lot of our problems, I guess I could say to America, but, you know, eating around the world can be a problem, I guess, except for anyone in Sweden. But if I just had the Big Mac, I feel cheated. It's my biggest problem. I, I went to, uh, I have a Mexican restaurant I go to in, in Burbank that I love. And the same thing happens there. I, I went there to do some writing the other day and God damn it, I actually did get some writing done. It was great. Chips and salsa, which I get all over my face, all over my shirt, all over the table. Like I just, you know, operated in the civil war. It's just, that's what my table looks like. And then I ordered the taquito t- appetizer meal, which could be just a meal. Four taquitos, and we're talking full taquitos. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Full taquitos, sour cream, guac, the fixings, you might say. That's enough. Cause I ate, I ate four, I was by myself, four bags of chips, maybe baskets of chips. They're, they're humble baskets. When I asked for the fourth one, the guy clearly, swore at me in Spanish clearly under his breath and he's not wrong but the, I, I, I don't stop there because I feel cheated if I don't if I only have four taquitos what is that that's one meal it's one appetizer no I, I like options I like uh, it's like if, if you ever listen to the the, the the Paul McCartney song about Pablo Picasso's last meal like that's the kind of meal I want every time I sit down every time I go to a restaurant. Drink to me, drink to myself. You know, I can't drink anymore. I just want 19 people around me and 42 courses. And that's where the crux of a lot of my problems are, and perhaps the crux of all of our problems. You can't be disciplined enough. So the four taquitos are followed up with two tacos from the a la carte menu. And, you know, halfway through the second, uh, the first taco, not even getting to the second taco, I'm a glutton. I'm a biblical sin. And I get so depressed, and, and then you drive home bloated, not the fun bloated, like that. I clearly t- just took five years off my life. So all that to say, when I pull into the McDonald's, because I give into it again, you hear the voice, you see the arches, you're like, well, it's a right turn. I don't even have to. I didn't even have to hit a left turn. I don't have to stop traffic. It's just a right turn. They got the system down. You say the number. They and you go pay, and by the time the money's exchanged, you've exchanged uh, the goods uh, for the services. It's it's. You go to the second window, and a bag's waiting for you. So for the last two times, I've had to take this. They, they push me to the second spot. You know, they go wait out there, sir. Your fries aren't quite done, pig. What? What did you say? Just get over there. Uh, it's a great system. So you're like, this isn't going to take a lot of time out of my life. Whereas like, if I go to a Mexican restaurant by myself, if I go to a wood ranch or uh, some big kind of uh, chain restaurant uh, that serves uh, baskets of, of wonderful, tasty garlic bread, it's a thing, right? It's a thing, but not when you go to McDonald's, it's not a thing. And that old thing of, you know, it's like a dad joke. The calories don't count. If you eat it in the car, <laughs> that's a psychological fucked up problem. Cause they really have that. I eat it so fast. I'm a fast eater, regardless. This is why I predict I'll probably choke to death at fifty-one, but I am. There was one time the burger, which can, can you call them burger? The cheeseburger of the two cheeseburgers I got in the bag. The first burger was done before I turned right up back out onto the street. What's wrong with me? And it's all to pursue that temporary joy. That's the voice in your head. Forget the long term. Forget the work. Forget the discipline. Now, in this moment, you give in. And I think joy is fleeting. The world is messy. We got Putin over there trying hard. I'm convinced to start World War III because that's an easier thing than taking the loss that he already has. Uh, we got you know we we just went had the hottest summer. I can remember my 25 years in LA. We just had one of the wettest two, three days that I can remember in 25 years in LA. Uh, not to sound like an old man talking about the weather, but you know, you start to, you know, you have that like I guess we shouldn't have made fun of Al Gore type of thought in your head, right? That that you're looking around, going, this this ain't right. So joy is hard to come by. Give yourself joy. Every once a guilt-free. Fast food gorge, God bless you. Do it. But it's those days where I'm doing good and I want to do good. I want to do good. I want to get better. I want to round my shoulders out in the gym, brother. I want to do it because I don't feel healthy. There's a little vanity. Sure. Who wants to, who doesn't want to look in the mirror and go, got it. I want that. And my health. It's all there. But when you're running strong and you hear that voice, just give in. And because I have this psychological problem where I, I can't just be satisfied with one. Can't just be satisfied with the large fry, one burger, stuff it in your gullet and, and get on with life. I got to have two. I, that's I, I, I've, t- I've told this story and, and Patreon supporters have heard of the blathering and have made jokes about it. But this is real. Once went to Del Taco, this is in 2022. Ordered a large amount of food. That large enough that when they handed me the bag, I have the Mustang. Not cool. It's a 20-year-old Mustang. It's a cool car, but it doesn't make me cool. It would 20 years ago. So they can't see down. They can only see me. They can only see me. And the young kid full of hopes and dreams. He's going to get out of this job and get out of this town. He doesn't care. He just, he grabs the, the bag of food, like kind of mentally feels the weight, hands it to me and says, you all have a good night. That's a true story. And I drove away laughing going, I'm going to tell that on a podcast. I'm going to maybe say it on Twitter, but I'm crying on the inside. That boy ain't right. It's this pursuit of temporary uh, joy, uh, this temporary peace. Uh, Which is good. It's a good quick hit every now and then. But man, that is the path of destruction. I'm trying so hard in this new year. Including with podcasts and shows. I get bored fast. I lose patience fast. It's always been a part of me. I'm steadfast in a lot of ways. I was stuck in a job for 17 years. I took a few years to kind of wander through the wilderness of digital media to find out ah, not a lot of this is for me. And I got to find a new path within the world, the digital media world, but different stuff. I'll stick around longer than I need to. But in a lot of ways, I just I rub up against structure. I, I rub up against repetition. As stubborn as I am, and I'm a stubborn fucking cuss. I can really just... I want to break free every now and then. If you ever, if y'all know the video game meme, Leroy Jenkins, that's just me in video games. That's me in life. Let's just charge for it. And I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to go the temporary rush of joy, temporary rush of, well, we at least just did it. Got this podcast out. I don't need to do anything else with it. I wrote a little sketch. I don't need to do anything with it. It's a temporary joy and more disciplines required to move me forward. Every time I pull into that McDonald's, I think this is the last time for a while. Two weeks later, I'm there doing the same thing. Well, we got to get two. I got to put two burgers in my hand. And it builds and it builds and it builds and I feel bad. I feel bad myself. And then you're in a mirror, you're in front of a mirror, in your gym or at the grocery store. You catch a reflection. And it's not just vanity. You just think, I can be better than this. What's inside me? Where's the potential? Why am I running from it? Why am I pulling off to the easy right turn, for the quick shot of joy? Not working harder for something bigger. But I'll tell you what, that first bite of fries when you put in does feel pretty good. It's a long, hot thing in your mouth. You're doing that. Giggity. It's great. This is the blathering. We're not done yet. Uh, this is new uh, for Patreon listeners, the blathering. We actually have to take a break because of the podcast. Uh, If things go right, there's actually going to be a video version of this available for podcast uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, And maybe one day we go public with that. I don't know where this ends up. A lot's changed. And maybe on the other side of the break, maybe then we'll talk about it. Stick around for more Blathering. All right, we're back here on The Blathering. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching uh, the video, I never left. Still here. Still here. One time I got locked out of my radio station, K-Bear, back in the days. One key. I went to the no bathroom inside the, the studio, inside the actual station. It's like a four or five room station. Two broadcast studios. Three or four offices, a big common area. And I had to, you know, I had to go take care of some business two in the morning, put on like a Ted Nugent song. All right. It's 11 minutes, 32 seconds. I got this and I did get it, did get it, went back to the studio door, the station door locked. And this is pre cell phones. (laughs) This is pre, uh, Email being a common thing, not on my uh, cell phone. In fact, I didn't have a cell phone, didn't have anyway. So I, had to, I would have to, I had to drive home, get out a phone book, call my program director, call my music director. It's two in the morning, I got to come down, let me in the station. Been off, the station's been offline for 40 minutes. People working the overnight to the grocery stores going, what's happening? Uh, so no, that didn't happen. This was just a momentary break. I do want to address a little bit, you know, I just feel, I feel I'm excited about taking this blathering forward and, 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 this, this is just the beginning. I don't know where this show will go. I didn't know where the Napstock Files will go. I used to love doing interviews. I think I'm pretty good at interviews at a certain style of interview. There's a lot of different style of interviews out there. And I had uh, several, over a hundred or so interviews on the Napstock Files. Which is this same RSS feed, but now it's renamed the Napsock Network. For the last year, it's been Saturday Night Napsock on the Napsock Files. Last couple of years, actually, uh, and I've done a lot of things. And if you followed me long enough, you know, uh, yeah, I truly do get bored. Uh, but it's not so much boredom; it's just wanting to continue, just wanting to continue the journey as a broadcaster, an entertainer. Uh, dare I even say an artist? Um, I almost say that without irony. It's it's me. So there's like thirty percent irony. But that's kind of where I'm at. And I think one of the things I really – I don't want to give the prequel of how I got here. But I have to own uh, a a large unhealthy amount of bitterness. Bitterness towards uh, an industry, bitterness towards a space, a digital movie media space that gave me so much. Chances are, you listening, it gave me you. Uh, it gave me a, a fiance. I love of my life, which led to wonderful dogs. So, the other loves of my life, it gave me everything. Um, it led to Force Center, working with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa, which is uh, how I uh, pay a lot of my bills. Um, uh, I've stayed af- afloat. Um, I, I'm not bitter towards the end of the, the, company era of my digital media career for those that really don't know you know i i'd worked in a day job for for 17 years while pursuing comedy and writing and things i got close on some things i had quit my job in 2006 or 7 i think it was i actually gave my notice to my security director job and was going to go on a comedy tour that that didn't work i never left the job and then you know 2015, uh, the opportunity to go work at Screen Junkies finally does happen, and and it does not go the way I want it. Four days into the job, I'm I'm driving over the hill from Beverly Hills back to my house in Studio City, which is – I only mention that not to be like the Californian sketch, but I I, I mention that to, to – it's, it's a hike and a lot of time to think. And I was crying four days into it going – I wanted out of that mall job so bad, but uh, I've made a mistake. And in the end, it's not a mistake. I don't, but I don't have so I don't have I'm trying to find where the bitterness is. I'm bitter that there's a a large group of people succeeding in the industry who I think are fuckfaces, who are harassers, who are megalomaniacs, who are manipulators, who are users, who have no true core to their art. They aren't saying anything with what they're doing in this space. They're media illiterate. And they're hogging up all the space. And after a while, I just looked around and said, I'm going to go in my corner. And the corner is fourth center. It's not even Star Wars. It's fourth center. It is casterly talk. It is going to do what I do. And that ended up getting me kind of nowhere. But you don't know that that's the final thing. You don't know. You know, and I'm talking about digital media and talking about fucking movies, which I for the most part realized I don't like. Not because I don't like movies. I love a good movie. We I mean, just watched Bullet Train the other day. I had a lot of fun with that. I love my Indiana Jones. I love my Star Wars. I love my Lord of the Rings. I love High Fidelity. I love Ghost. I, I can give you a list of movies that have changed my life, and I love and I, and I hope to find some new movies like that soon that change my life as well. But I just don't like giving the time to it. It goes back to that when I get bored and I get impatient. That's two and a half hours more if you're traveling to the theater. I don't. I just don't have the energy, time, desire to give that to something. So I didn't belong in that space. But I, I, I I I've got to discover where the bitterness is I've got to own it you out there listening with what you're ever struggling with uh, first of all like I said you don't know you don't know where your journey's ending so something that seems like a mistake might not be a mistake it just might be the thing that gets you to the next thing um even my my loss of my full-time job in 2018 with Collider which I saw coming I was told was coming I don't have a lot of bitterness toward that. I really don't. I needed to go. They needed to get rid of me. And once I did that, it took me a long time. I lived off credit cards. I don't recommend that. <laughs> but I knew I didn't want to go back to anything. I did not want to report to any office Monday at nine. And that's all led forward. This this next version of my uh, whatever's left of my career, I guess, I could say is 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 the next move forward and that's what I hope you connect with out there. the divorce you're going through the pain you're experiencing, the medical problems it's easy by the way easier said than done, right you're if you've got some serious medical battle, you don't need this absolute dumb shit of a podcaster telling you it'll get better that's toxic positivity but my point is the journey is going forward, whether you want it or not. And it's all about us accepting the change and letting go, not forgetting the past, learning from the past, adapting with the past, taking the cores of who you are, moving that forward, applying it to the next thing, taking the pain, taking the lesson. Uh, as Jen Urso says, we'll take a chance uh, until the chances are spent. Paraphrasing, of course. You know, it gets sores in there somehow. The clock runs out on all of us. It really does. It could be tomorrow, it could be next year, hopefully 100 years from now. Actually, I don't want to live to 146, but we'll see. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe in 100, 100 years, it's uh, I'll want to. Look at my Tesla legs, <laughs> and they're, they're not crashing at all. My point is, you got to let go of what came before, and you got to move forward all the time. I really, truly think some of the biggest problems in in, in the world boil down to simple concepts. Um, I can get very angry about the state of politics right now. I just watched a, a Speaker of the House vote. I watched nine of the 15 votes for that feckless, shallow, manipulated manipulator, Kevin McCarthy, to become Speaker of the House. And every bit of his speech, he tries to invoke Lincoln. There's no... No Republican that has the right to evoke, evoke Lincoln be, because Lincoln was a Republican in a different name. Is It's 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 a title only. And even he, certainly not flawless, certainly misunderstood. His place in history is secure, uh, but it, he's neither the great emancipator, and he is not the great villain. Somewhere in the middle, that's well, who he is. But that that fuck McCarthy and tries to evoke him after he lets himself get manipulated by twenty, all for the sake of power, and gives a speech. Ah, that is all about keeping power. It's all about destroying. It's all about through competition we will win. It's nothing about change. It's nothing about empathy. And those are the two things that I think are really at play with the world. Can you find empathy for others and not just other people you know, but other groups of people you have nothing to do with? Can you find empathy for them? Or are you wallowing in fear? And a lot of fear is based in fear of change. Can you move forward? Can you grow with that? I am in a two or three year period of change. And I'm finding myself still tied to the dock because I can't let a lot of things go. I can't fully step away from some of the movie uh, talk spaces that I was associated with. And, and, no, and all those folks can stay in those spaces. Uh, I, I think uh, I'd love f- oh, for a lot of them to be exposed for who they are, but that's not my tale to tell. But I've got to move away from that. I've got to find the source of that bitterness. And I think at the end of the day, that bitterness I have, and it's for individuals, and it's for content creators, and it's for shows, it's for brands. The bitterness I have, it's not even petty jealousy. Jealousy is always something we have to deal with. I hate reaction videos. I Fucking hate them with all my fucking heart. They're not art. They're not content. But here we are. They are because people have careers off them. And I know great people, nice people, good people making a living off this stuff. I'd have to tell them to their faces because I'm saying it here now. It is not art. It is art. Uh, a a, a f- little flame, and ember that f- floats away. You can do it good, though. But the point is, I think I, on the surface, I look at it and go, "Well, I'm looking at some people uh, buying houses and making money, uh, and they're doing content re- like reaction videos and uh, TikToks and all those kind of things." And And you get that natural, why can't it be me? Why can't, and then you pull back. That's the bitterness and I got to let go of it because that's not what I want. You probably have that in your own life too. You look across at someone and you're like, ah, wait a minute. Why am I mad? I don't even want that. Like I I, I am a writer, but I've never wanted to be in a writer's room or staffed on a sitcom. I've never, never moved to LA. And I think maybe I thought that's what I wanted. Then I learned what that was. And I was like, that doesn't interest me. Because, again, I don't like being cooped up even for a couple weeks at a time, uh, 12 hours a day. You show up to the studio. You show up to a writer's room. You work on your schedule. It's not for me, man. God bless those it is. And it's a good living for those if you can get it, if you can get it consistently. But yet, knowing for over 20 years that that's not what I wanted with my life, I still see someone, whether I like them or not. We all people we love, we all people we don't like. What I liked about it, saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I just got staffed on this show. And this, this, this like burning sensation pops off where I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, what am I, what am I jealous about? I don't want that. Why do I care if someone's making a living off of uh, reacting to movie trailers? God bless them for doing it. Why am I punching walls over something that I don't even want a part of? I don't want to do celebrity interviews. I might one day, maybe I'll fucking hang out with friends on a camera again. I don't know. It's not where I'm at. So why am I tied to the dock? Why are you tied to the dock? What's keeping you where you are? is the bitterness, the anger, the jealousy, is it really, can you just boil it down to a fear of change, a fear of leaping? I don't know what I'm even trying to accomplish with this particular show. I've known for the last few years what I'm trying to accomplish with Saturday Night Napsok, a show that will still exist. It's still going to be around here. The world turned horrible fast and I couldn't process it. I didn't know my words. I didn't know what I was going to say about the pandemic, Uh, anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, the friends that I was uh, separating from friends that I was, I was looking at friends close to me and thinking, all we have in common is the past. We have nothing in common in the future going forward. And how do I process that? How do I, how do I move on from that? And that boils into anger, the unnecessary anger, unnecessary rage at, at people just on their own journey. It's frustrating. It's anger inducing, but I can't stay in that. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to accomplish because I don't, back then I did. I finally hit on what I wanted to do through comedy and satire and me having a conversation with myself with different characters on a, on a radio parody show was how I could talk about the murder of George Floyd. It's it's how I could talk about my, uh, disillusionment with uh, law enforcement, my, uh, disconnection and deconstruction from the church system that that had long happened, but now finally come to terms with it. How it was, how it was the, the system, not the God. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't wasn't even necessarily the people. It's the order, not the people. And that was how I processed it. And that's how I found my words. That's how I found my way forward. But now I'm sitting here at a crossroads where I'm looking at the world I was in, the movie talk space, the digital media space. And it wasn't a fit for me. Square peg, round hole. But yet here I am, still holding on to bitterness and anger. Sometimes at individuals, sometimes at just styles of content, and I can't move forward. That as I sit in my mic- in front of my microphone here, I just don't even know what's next. All I know is I'm ready to push myself forward. I've been greatly influenced by musical artists my entire life, but in the last couple of years, I've become really fascinated with the, the artists, and these are artists on a large scale, who have constantly found a way to evolve while being who they are. It starts with my beloved Beatles. I'm a Beatles fan from 12 years old on, and I didn't realize how much I connected to that. You can talk about the music and talk about the, the a lot of the things the the first time uh, you know a lot of first time things in the music industry are attributed to the Beatles and there's all this and they're a great rock band blah 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 but I was fascinated that in an eight year or so period and I'm not including the Hamburg days and everything but from you know '62 to April 10th 1970 they lived 40 40 lives as a band 40 lives as artists and they went with it they went with it even when they were not always beloved. You know, Boxing Day, 67, Magical Mystery Tour, disaster. White album, not real re- well received. The The whole recording session around Let It Be, Get Back, all that stuff. It was not always great. But it was always fascinating. Looks, clothes, facial hair, glasses, weird suits, colorful suits, brown and black and gray photos of suits. They did so much in so little time. And then continued on to do more solo artists, of course. I didn't realize that, that was not just my template for my art. The way I entertain, the content I create. term I don't love, but it is what it is. But also me as a, as a person. And there's been so many times in my life, I let myself just simmer in the juices. I didn't hate my old job. There's some great moments in it, some great people. Some great people that affected my life, some for shorter periods of time, some for longer periods of time. I don't regret any of that. But I do regret that two or three years into that job, I was like, this, this, I, I nope, not right. But I was always waiting for tomorrow instead of making the choice today to do something about it. I remember thinking, you know, I was going to get a job at Barnes & Noble. I was on patrol one night in my security vehicle. And they were putting a Barnes & Noble in um, take it back. It was a Borders. Excuse me. It was a Borders books. Whew. The B. Dalton's and <laughs> the B. Dalton booksellers had already long been gone, um, but it was Borders books and, and music. And I thought to myself, you know, if there's a no help wanted sign in that window one night that said they need like a evening manager, or a part-time manager, and I can get that job while also maybe doing a security job and then work my way out of security into the managing the bookstore while I'm chasing my comedy careers, I'm going to do it. So one night I turned the corner of my patrol vehicle, I look over, there's some, hey, we're hiring signs, a grand opening soon. I got out of my vehicle, walked up, and, and there posted on the on the window was exactly what I had told myself I was going to go for, the job, I, assistant kind of night manager. Da, 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 da. Whether or not I would have qualified or got the job, I couldn't tell you, but it was there. And I didn't do it. Stayed tethered. Stayed tethered to the thing holding me back. I stayed tethered to the thing hurting me. I stayed tethered to the thing that just wasn't for me anymore. That was a thing. That was a job. That could be people. That could be whatever. This had happened before my life. Um, In my 20s, before I'd moved to LA, my early 20s, we're talking 2021, I was in radio um, rock DJ in my hometown and things, uh, you know, we're looking at us making $5 an hour living at home. But hey, I was building for a future and I just thought I had kind of not in an arrogant way, just thought I had arrived. Like, cool. I got out of high school, did two years of college and got my job in radio, the job I think I always wanted. And now, um, I'm good. We just now we just go have a radio career. Didn't never mind the fact that radio was <laughs> as we knew it was changing and going away. And that I didn't work harder and didn't work to get better and all those kind of things. But I was a big fan of, you know, the real world. True story. Who wasn't back then? But I loved it. I loved the real world. And I've always, I had visited Seattle in 1989 with my family. There was a a thought in the late 80s, like 80, 89, 90, that we might have to move to Oregon for work and for my dad's work. And it didn't happen. The we had visited up there. I loved it up there. I love the rain. I love the cold weather. I love pine trees. Don't love pine cones and pine needles, but I love the trees. And I remember saying to myself, maybe after Real World 5, what was that? one? Was that Boston or 6? Boston. One was New Orleans. Maybe 5 was New Orleans. I don't know. But I I remember saying it. Man, if they ever do one in Seattle, I'm going to audition. And then they announced Real World 7 going to be in Seattle. I think it's 7. God, the numbers. Someone correct me later if it's not. But I think it's 7. Uh, it's around that time. Real World 7, Seattle. Literally, as i had been telling, this wasn't a fleeting thought I had had one day at a jack-in-the-box drive-thru. This was, oh, constantly something in my mind. I'll do that. I like Seattle. I like real world. I think I could be on there. So here was my chance. I didn't do it. That was the year that they all had a job at a radio station. And I remember when the season debuted, none of that I don't think I knew. I remember when the season debuted, I just kind of hung my head. Why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do it? Didn't I take that risk? Why did I go for the temporary joy, which was staying at home, staying in this radio job that was already starting to wrap wrap up? And I wasn't even working to get another radio job. I just was like, we'll figure out what happens. Why did I do that? When I had told myself, it wasn't like an opportunity had presented itself and I had a choice. I told myself, here's what I want to do. If this happens, if these conditions appear, that is, dare I say, a sign, dare I say, an avenue forward. And then it showed up and I didn't do it. Now, again, everything leads you to where you need to go and all those kind of things. And I do believe in that. But I do believe we get to make choices. Destiny is not some magical thing that you can't can't turn away from. Luke Skywalker's destiny, he can still make the choices along the way. Destiny, fate is just the thing that drives you to the next big choice in your life. Then you make a choice, and then destiny says we got to go this way. And destiny can be whatever you want it to be. A great energy, God, Jesus, it can be the lady down at the body shop on Sunset. Doesn't matter. I failed then, and I failed again, and I keep Failing and I feel tied to the dock. So, right now, I don't know. All I know is I told myself, you know what I want to do? I want to take this podcast to blathering, connect to a little bit of the style of broadcasting, a little bit more me straight ahead version, where the last few years of my broadcasting with Saturday Night Knapsock has been 100% me, but it has been 100% the debates and discussions in my head about the world. And that's why the show will continue to exist in a form. But I want to take what I used to do with the Knapsock Files and a lot of the shows that a lot of you used to love back then. Uh, and and I, you know, I've got to be honest, I'll talk about the numbers. I've, I've at times lost up to 70% of my audience that I used to have. And sometimes it's just because I fade away. Sometimes you're going to fade away. But every time someone appears in a a comment section and says, where have you been? It hurts so much. Because I haven't gone anywhere. But maybe I haven't taken the steps to let you all know I'm here. Maybe I haven't taken the steps to let myself know that I'm here. So I said to myself, if the situation emerges, that I can easily take um, the blathering podcast off my Patreon page and move it out to the public. And that's, that's the chance I'm going to take. I, for those that don't know and haven't been listening to the Patreon page, I, I, I turn on the microphone for these shows. That's the only prep. I turn on the microphone, I, I press record, I open up the mic and I blather. And there's no true um, Direction. There's no true plan. It's just me going, this is what's here. Let's figure this all out together. I'll be the guinea pig. You take notes. And it's hopefully going to be worthwhile. I don't want to be tied to the dock anymore. I don't want let, want to let bitterness, jealousy, temporary joys overshadow the truth Is that it's a fear of change. Not risk. Risks can be dangerous. Risks can be risky. But change. Growth. A step forward. I don't handle it well. So that's why I got to do it. If you would uh, like to support me on Patreon, uh, I'm asking sincerely. Consider it. Some new tiers are up. It's real simple now. It's a 5, a 10, and a 20, which uh, we'll have merch later on if you want merch. If you want my name on a pad or something like that, we're working on the merch to get. It might incorporate Pop Rock and Radio, Casually Talk, some of the other brands I run. But also on there is a show that's going to be monthly, maybe bi-monthly, called The Lost Threads. Sometimes when I do these shows, in fact, let's say most of the time when I do The Blathering, because I don't prep anything, because I don't have a lot of notes, because I just go with my heart. I will literally sometimes forget what I'm saying and move on. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you get to ask, hey, what did you mean by this? Hey, could you continue on this one? Uh, This was a stupid moment. Do you mind explaining your stupidness, stupid head? You could phrase it like that. We'll do that show. We also got a show with the great, wonderful, magical angel of a human, Robbie Smith. Uh, Those on my Patreon page know Robbie in the community. Uh, It's also in the Wanger community and some other, other communities as well. Uh, he uh, and I are going to do a monthly show, uh, health willing, on both parties called Our Biggest Win. And I'm looking forward to that first episode coming. More things on the way. So check that out. Check out Pop Rock and Radio. Check out all the things you got. But yeah, Lost Threads is, a, is is a fun show. I'm looking forward to do it because I can't – the idea came because um, there's been far too many times I've, I've recorded and then uploaded an episode of The Blathering and thought to myself, wait a minute. hot, Wasn't I – I was talking about birds. Why, why am I, why, I forgot the bird thing. But now I can go back. And if I forget completely, you can remind me. All right? That's it. That's the first episode. Episode 43, but the first one for all of you. Thanks for listening to The Blathering.